0: Welcome
1: to the Remote Works Podcast. Discussing the opportunity, culture, experience, and community
0: surrounding remote work. I'm Ari Winoker, And I'm Jonathan Sharp. This is Episode 13 with Donnie Singer of Fit2Go Personal Training. This episode is sponsored by the Managing
1: Remote Newsletter. If you manage a remote team or organization, receive a weekly summary of the best content and news related to successful remote teams. Sign up at
0: managingremote.com. Well, Ari, we've made it to episode 13, which is halfway through season one. Lucky number 13. That's right. <laughs> well, let's keep moving on because that number is not yes. lucky.
1: Well, hopefully many more. Yes. So go ahead and introduce today's guest. Yeah. So today's guest uh, runs a business partially from his home, uh, helping other people stay fit in their homes. So I uh, want to welcome to the show Donnie Singer. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Good to have you. So, Donnie, can you uh, kind of just give us an overview of who you are, what you do?
2: Sure. So, I run fit to go Personal Training. Um, I do a couple different things in the fitness industry. That's the main, main claim to fame. Um, Fit2Go Personal Training is focused specifically on – Helping busy working professionals make fitness both enjoyable and practical. So the idea is, like, in twenty first century, with so many people doing remote work or just being super busy with their schedules, what I found is the biggest the biggest challenge that most uh, busy working professionals will face with fitness is not actually self discipline. Even though they'll like feel really down on themselves and be like, oh, God, like I can't get myself to stick with it. It's usually just that the plan they have is completely unrealistic and impractical. So like, even like just taking a gym. Driving an hour out, or sorry, not driving an hour out, but having to slot off an hour or more to go drive out and uh, wait for machines and then change and shower and then drive back or drive to work. It just ends up being such a huge time suck that it's like I I can either work out or spend time with my kids or you know do the work I need to do or whatever it is. Um, So that's sort of the problem we try to solve. And so we do that through in-home training and... Um, and some online training as well. We just started that last year with our app. So the idea is like trying to make it as convenient and practical for the person's life. So both with like the trainer coming to the client's home and with, um, workouts sent through the app and making it quick and convenient so that they just, you know, it
0: gets done. That's awesome. So with, uh, people all have different reasons for why they are not commuting to an office. What's your reason for why you're decided to work outside of traditional office? Interesting.
2: All right. Yeah. I guess that's uh, something else I wanted to bring up. It's a little, this is really interesting for me, this interview, because I kind of have two sides to this. I have the fitness side of it. Like I, for a living all day, I'm working on how to make fitness practical for people. The other side is I am personally working from home. Like I am uh, remote working. So it's an interesting interview for me. But um, the reason why I work from home is, I mean, I have an office. The truth is, like I have an office. It's five to 10 minutes away. I just, find, I, this is just me personally, I think, I find that I work better with zero noise and zero distraction around. Even though I'll sometimes enjoy like being in an office where it's busy and there's other people around, I'll get so much more yeah. done when it's boring and there's absolutely nothing else around. So that's why I like to, to work from home.
1: Very cool. So um, since you kind of like that, uh, that quiet area, how do you set that up? What's your work office environment like and the home? So it's actually, I'm trying to change that a little bit. I,
2: um, right now I am sitting on my kind of, what would you call this? It's like, uh, what's the name for a couch? That's only one seat, one seater. I,
0: I don't know if this is, I, I call it a bark-a-lounger, a what? but I know okay. that oh. a bark-a-lounger. That's, I've never heard <laughs> that term before. It, I'm sure it's it was, probably must be a Midwest incorrect. term. No, it was one of those things in some English class with, you know, to kill a mockingbird <laughs> or something.
2: Wow. But we were, we were completely different students. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a good word, though. All right. So I'm working on my Berka lounger.
0: I think, I think it's Berka right. lounger.
2: <laughs> I, I got to go look it up now. Yeah, now I'm really curious. But um, yeah, so I working on that. And then I have uh, kind of a coffee table in front of me. But this is just because I, I were up so busy between the business and everything else that I... So many simple, I'm sure a lot of people can relate, like some of these simple things that I wish I would have done six months ago, just for whatever reason, just keeps getting pushed off. So like, I've moved um, in Baltimore City, I guess it's been almost like six months. Yeah, I moved in November. And I still like when I talk to people, I'm like, yeah, like I just moved. And I like in my head, I only moved a couple weeks ago, because I'm still setting stuff up. So I just got my office desk delivered um, a couple days ago. And now I'm just trying to find the time to set it up.
0: So basically you're a normal person is what you're saying. Exactly.
2: So that's why I was saying like this interview would be really interesting (laughs) for me because I struggle with a lot of the same things other people do. A lot of people like have in their minds like, all right, well, he's a fitness professional. So like, you know, he's spending all his all of his life working on and stuff like that, but it's really not the case.
0: And and just to follow on to the the Barker Lounger comment, I I looked it up and it's a type of deeply padded reclining chair. So if your chair reclines, then I think it would qualify as a Barker Lounger. Barker (laughs)
2: Lounger.
0: Success. All right. See, we we, we uh, help people explore a wider variety of culture on this podcast. That's an important part of it. I love it. <laughs> so you make fitness demo videos. And in talking about the, the process that you go through, what kind of studio setup do you have? Oh, good question. Um,
2: So this is something that I go back and forth on in my head. Um, there's the idea of like when I, everything I want to do, I'm sure again, like this is something I'm sure everybody can relate with. There's the finding the balance between being a perfectionist and getting stuff done. So with, uh, the videos, it can be as simple as literally just setting up my iPhone and videoing a demonstration exercise. And I'm in the process of filming all these, um, filming some new exercises for the app. And I actually have right now a combination of both, but with the... Uh, when I try to make it professional, but I but I've had a professional videographer come out to actually to my living room. I've actually had all of our trainers come over. This is one uh, like Thursday evening, and we just filmed for like five hours, just running through all different exercises with all of us. Um So he brought like professional uh lighting and you know his his camera, and he had everything set up really nice here. But it's it's really just it, this is the same with everything, you know, trying to find that balance between
0: okay, what do I need to do to just get this done? And how can I make this as best as possible? So once you've recorded your videos, what what's the platform that you publish them out? How, how do you distribute them?
2: Well, we're really just doing them for, and if you're talking about the workout videos specifically, those are really for, for the app. So for our clients. So like when they're, uh, if they're, if it's an online client, if they're doing like remote coaching, then they're just, we're sending them the workouts and then they have the demonstrations in the app. Um, and, The idea is that, like, if they want to have that demonstration, they actually know exactly how to do the workout. Um, So it's through the app. It's actually what it does is we post it on YouTube, and then it kind of incorporates that into
1: the app.
0: Okay, excellent. Very cool.
1: So um, you were talking a bit also about uh, your distractions that you have. Um, You know, you don't like distractions, so that's why you like to work from the home. But um, even though it's just you and a roommate, I think you mentioned earlier right now, there are still distractions that come up. Um, how do you deal with those distractions and what are your biggest distractions?
2: Ooh, good question. One of my biggest struggles is that I do so much work, so much business on Facebook. Um, actually, one of my primary roles, I got through Facebook. So one of the the second biggest thing I do in addition to Fit2Go to is um, I'm an advisor to the Personal Trainer Development Center which um, I'm happy to plug just like because I just am such a fan of them. So they're uh, they're basically an international organization that's geared towards educating trainers um, and just like, teaching them like everything they should know and don't because the industry is like unregulated and there's just so many like the that's why like there's like the um, sort of stereotype of like a dumb jock. So they focus on like educating trainers um, and so what I do is uh, a lot of the communication I do is through Facebook. Like everything I'm doing with that organization is chatting with people through Facebook. So I'm constantly on Facebook. And it's so difficult to be able to go on Facebook and focus on, all right, I'm having this conversation about this specific project. And then not be refreshing my newsfeed for 30 minutes and jumping in some other stupid conversation. <laughs> so that's definitely my biggest struggle when it comes to day-to-day. I actually literally just, I've done this like almost like every other week. I keep deleting Facebook from my phone. And then I have to download it because I need, I'm like out and I need to have a conversation. So yeah, keep going back and forth with that.
0: I I recently deleted Facebook from my phone and I, I have left it deleted, but I, the stuff that I have to do for work on Facebook, I have to log in on my computer and it's the same thing. You fight Facebook's temptation algorithm. They, they are constantly trying to tempt you with whatever hot story that they think you're going to click on, and then you click on it, and so they're like, "Ah, oh, we won. Yeah.
2: And they have the best and brightest minds in the world trying to tempt you, so it's a, it's a hard battle to fight. I know. You
0: know. There is actually a
1: Chrome plugin. I, uh, it skips my mind at the moment, but we can definitely put it in the show notes, and I can mention it to you later as well, Donnie, um, that eliminates the feed from what? Facebook. In other words, you can use Facebook and use everything else, but there's no news feed.
0: Instant insert like pretty pictures in there instead. Oh, wow. Ah, uh, Yeah.
1: I, I think it just says, I think it just puts a little logo in or something saying, you know, something about no feed,
0: distra- no distraction, something like that. Distraction free. Yeah, I need this. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. We'll, we'll definitely get that linked up in the show notes. So personal fitness is really about goals and strategies and putting structure around accomplishing what you set out to do. How do you what systems and productivity do you use for productivity basically? So beyond just personal training.
2: So specifically for for productivity, like with business.
0: Yeah, with your business um, and just how you
2: you operate. I look. I spent a long time actually uh, at the beginning of this year going through different project management software. Um, I was using up until last year. I was using Google Tasks, and I I use everything Google because like I, I have a Chromebook, and I haven't I haven't had a computer in like over two years. And I do everything in the cloud, so I love like everything Google. And Google Tasks was awesome because it's super, super quick and easy to use, and it's simple. The problem that I had was like I was getting into like some of this more complicated project management software like Asana and um, Trello, and I just realized like I was wasting so much time like trying to make it pretty and organized in there. Where it was just so I mean most of the time (laughs) I'm doing is really just me, so I don't need to have this complicated project management software, even if it's fun. So Google Tasks was awesome because it was really, really simple. It's literally you just write a task and check it off when you're done. And what I use now, which has actually been the perfect balance for me, I switched over this a couple months ago. uh, It's Todoist, which is also uh,
0: one of the most popular ones, I think. Ah, yes. You familiar with it? I am. I have jumped on the Todoist bandwagon about uh, two weeks ago. Oh, really? Okay. And I'm loving it. Yeah. Let me
2: ask you this. Do you use, there's like different ways to use it. Do you mainly use like the projects tab or like the filters or labels?
0: You know, I I have like avoided all this is going to sound really funny but I've avoided most all of those and I just have a ton of recurring tasks set up. So I basically use the today mm. tab and that's that's mm. it. Like that's all I care about. So you don't manage it you don't organize it like by project? I I really haven't cuz it comes down to like for example I've got a number of tasks related to this podcast and they just are in my general work category cuz they they most of them are recurring, so they they pop up on a Tuesday and say, "Oh I gotta do that related to this and I yeah, I guess I do use the projects a little bit when I create them, but not when I execute on them.
2: Are you using to-doist for your for your uh,
0: full-time job as well? Yeah, I use it for everything. Personal life, like, for example, Sunday night, I got to take the trash out. Yeah, I have it, the same one. <laughs> to me to, Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I do not want to have to think about anything. I want to be able to look at the task and be like, oh, what do I got to do? So that's yeah, an uh, external um, brain theory, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. So ha- are you familiar with the, the book uh, Deep Work?
2: I think I've, I think it's on my list. I don't think I've read it, though.
0: It's, it's a list. Another one that uh, is good and also dangerous is the Checklist Manifesto, and it's that would be a rabbit hole, but it's another good one to add to your list. So anyway, you were saying Todoist, carry on. Awesome product.
2: Yeah, so Todoist, um, what I I like about it for me, it was like I I needed some kind of project because like I was saying, what I liked about Google Tasks was it was super, super simple and there was no way to get distracted like playing around with organization. Um, But my problem was that I needed to organize somewhat because I just like, a lot of my stuff is sequential. Like I can't just have all these tasks all over the place because a lot of stuff depends on, like I can't do uh, task X until I finish text, uh, task a. So, um, with Todoist, what I liked is that you can just, it's so, so customizable and you can have it basically like as simple as you want. Like you were using like with, the um, really just having like tasks for today and you can have like the yeah. short codes too, where you can type
0: in like, uh, the labels and filters and stuff like that. So I've, I've loved it. Excellent. I'm, yeah. I'm only, like I said, I'm only two weeks into it. So ask me in another week and I'll, I'll probably have <laughs> brace projects and labels and all that stuff fully.
1: I switched about a month ago and the biggest thing for me was uh, was exactly that the whole short codes thing, you know, you type in first Monday of, you know, every other whatever it is, something crazy like that and it just understands exactly when that should be scheduled. Yeah,
2: don't you get like a little don't you get like a little bit pissed off every time when like you don't mean for it to remind you then, then you have to
0: like delete that? Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: I have done some wrong, but
0: I guess that's a learning curve. Yeah. I I wish there was a better snooze feature. Like I know you can go in and, with a task and be like, oh, I'm gonna bump this to tomorrow, but I wish I could just be like snooze for a yeah. day. Yeah. Or <laughs> I'm not really doing it this week. Okay, Skip. I have
2: a question for you guys about this. Now I'm really super so Ari, you used to do this also? Yes. Okay. Do you guys, be honest, on most days, do you check off well what
0: percentage of everything on your uh to-do list that you set for that day do you end up finishing i i would say i'm i'm probably 90, 90 to
1: 95% i i'm pretty good i'd say i'm 75 to 80% yeah and it's also it's a mix it's a mix of getting so involved in multiple tasks that i just do automatically during the day and then on next day i look at my ta- at my app and it goes oh yeah i never checked that off yesterday right. <laughs> and then there's some of the some of the tasks that because i'm just so busy i barely look at to doist, and the next thing i know you know i never got to that whatever that was yeah.
2: yeah So what i'm trying to get to myself i'm trying to get into the habit of like having it so that i have to do everything on there like meaning I, a lot of times i'll look at it and i'm probably like you are I'm probably even less maybe like 60 to 75 percent. but because i also like just i'm too optimistic when i'm planning stuff out but um what i want to get to is where like it's not like a standard thing like yeah i have some stuff that i'm not gonna end up doing and put it off you know like i want to get in the habit of like everything on there i do yeah. so that it's not just like a regular thing that's okay
0: yeah no that that's totally true there there have been a couple tasks i've created like i'm gonna do this every day and after like three days of not doing it i'm like this is dumb <laughs> i need to get rid of that and so i delete it and my day's so much better yeah the key is just deleting it though i often don't <laughs> i'm often like
2: no i'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Cause I'm, there's a part of you that's like, I'm afraid I'm going to forget it then, but we're not doing it anyway. So if we just delete it, yeah. then we've cleared that from our yeah. mind.
1: Yeah, there's definitely that. Okay. So moving on, uh, part of the reason, uh, we wanted to have you on here is not just because you're another good remote worker. We can talk about a lot of things, but because of your knowledge of health and fitness. So first let's talk about a bit about exercise. If your commute is counted really in minutes or seconds, you know, a lot of people, remote work, that's what they do. Get up, walk down the hall a most maybe, or sometimes even in the same room, sit down at a desk and go to work. Um, and often that turns into long or unusual hours. Um, how and when do you find time or place for a proper workout?
2: It's a great question. And it's it's kind of counterintuitive. Like people don't often expect this until they experience it but like when you can do it anytime you end up most people end up don't do it they don't do it at all because they can always do it later um so what i always do with clients what i always recommend for everyone unless there is some hard concrete absolute reason you cannot i always have people do it right smack first thing in the morning um and even if it's like they have a crazy morning they have to get their kids ready or whatever I get them in the habit of at least doing a 10 minute workout in the morning, like with their, before they check their phone, before anything else. Because once you get in the habit and you get engaged in any kind of work activities or whatever, it's going to be so hard to break and then go and do the workout. You're always going to want to, you know, just do one more thing before you do it. So if you can just get in the habit of, it's part of your morning routine, like you shower in the morning, like you just get up and you do the 10 minute workout and, you get that done, then that's also going to the bigger piece there, also as well. Is when you do that in the morning, that's going to get you in the mindset of health and fitness for the rest of the day. Like getting that workout done will the biggest effect will have for fat loss is not the calories you're burning then, but it's how much healthier you're just
0: naturally going to eat throughout the day because you already got that focus. I, you mentioned uh, not just sitting on your phone, that that was a little convicting to me when we say get up and do the 10 minute workout, and I was like, oh, I, yeah, I was going to get up. At six forty-five this morning, I laid in bed till seven yeah. checking my exactly. phone. Exactly. So that's that's step yep. one. I got I got to end. So it's that. not even
2: getting up early. Like that's that's what I do already, every morning. You
0: have right there that you could just be using to work out instead of running through your phone. Exactly. So for those listeners out there, uh don't be lazy. Let's let's get up and do this. Step one. <laughs> yes. So, okay. Step one is we're not lazy. We've got ten minutes set aside, and we're going to do a workout. What are some exercises that are easy and that you'd recommend for for just getting into this?
2: Yeah. So um, again, the most important piece when you're starting off is not the, the what I want you to what I want listeners to think about is not on the on like not how much can I do tomorrow? How much can I do in this workout? You got to think sustainability. A lot of the fitness industry is basically geared towards getting you to get super pumped up and motivated and then stick with it for a month and then eventually fall off and fail so that you'll be in a perpetual cycle and keep starting and stopping programs and spending money. So anything you're starting, you got to be thinking, all right, well, maybe I can do this for a week, but can I do this for a year? And you got to think about it that way. So when you're looking at the exercises and which ones you're going to do, you don't plan off from the beginnings, but like if you don't go from zero to, all right, I'm going to exercise for an hour and a half every day. What I often do, again, like the first step is really just nailing down the habit if you want to have this to be a long-term thing. So I would start off with no more than 10 minutes just in the morning, get in the habit of doing the workouts. And the first thing I would do is I created um a a method for it. It's called the Paul Method. And the funny thing is people are like, wow, this is so great. Like, where did you think of this? I literally like I, – I had a, um an, uh, an interview on Fox 45 and I literally thought of it like – Two nights uh, before at like 2 a.m. when I couldn't sleep, I was like, oh, I could call this PAW. So here's the the <laughs> acronym. So it's Paul. So it's P for plyometric, uh, A for abs, U for upper body, L for lower body. So that's the basic formula that you use. Now, so at the basic level, like the first one um, I have people start with is really simple. So plyometric, that's, plyometric is basically uh, explosive workouts. So anything like where you're junk, jumping or you're doing some type of power. So it's not just strength, like being able to push, it's about your rate of force production, how quickly you can produce force. So the reason that's very effective is because it's gonna get your heart rate up, it's gonna burn fat very effectively. So the plyometric exercise, the basic one is a jumping jack. So that might be the first one you do. Um, the second one would be A, so then you go, a simple one right there, you can do, um, you can do a plank. I would be working your abs. Then you can go to U, which is upper body. And then you can maybe be doing a push-up. L, if you're a lower body, then you can be doing a squat. So that's four exercises right there. You need zero equipment. You need zero extra time. Like if you just have 10 minutes, so what I have people do is run through um, doing 30 seconds of each. So you just have like set. Uh, you can either just set your own stopwatch on your phone, or you can have like an interval timer that just beeps every 30 seconds, and you run through each of those four doing 30 seconds of each. After you finish one set, so it's about two minutes, then you rest for 30 seconds. So it's a two and a half minutes is for the entire set plus rest. And then you jump back in. And so when you repeat that four times, then that's a total of 10 minutes. And trust me, you're going to get, especially if you're new to working out, like you're going to be sweating by the end of those 10 minutes. And it's a great way to maximize the efficiency to both build up strength and muscle and burn fat and just improve your cardiovascular health in 10 minutes. You just
0: erased all of my like excuses. <laughs> that was the goal. <laughs> I 10 minutes, I can do that. So and I didn't even have to buy the the special S scene on TV uh, rocker or uh, bungee yeah, cord 3, or whatever 000. it is. That's yes, yes. I <laughs> I don't even need it. I got everything I need. I'm still alive, and so if you're still alive, then I think that's probably the only qualification at this point.
2: <laughs> yeah, the one thing I'll say so is like um, if you are like you know really deconditioned and you haven't worked out in a long time, don't jump in right away with a jumping jack. So. The whole idea with all this is that you go at your own pace. So I don't want anybody like having yeah. a heart problem because they just jump right in and started exploding. So you can do there with, with all of this stuff. Like if the jumping jacks are too hard, go to walking jacks, doing the same motion but not actually jumping. With the push-ups, you can be doing push-ups on a table or doing a knee push-up. Um, with all of them, you know, start where you are and focus on sustainability versus like let me go all out and crazy right at the beginning.
0: So, yeah. So cool. we're, what, what you're really looking for people to do is consistently every day – doing something to get started and maybe what you broke down with the Paul method is the goal that's the first milestone that they're working towards is being able to do all those but maybe the first step is just walking around the block
2: yeah yeah exactly it it could be
0: walking around the block
2: I actually gave it to my dad and what he was doing was literally my mom was so mad at me (laughs) because my dad started like it was just five minutes I just wanted to get his heart rate up he started like stomping around the house every night at like 10 p.m. Like his sneakers, like walking up the stairs, down the stairs, just to get his heart rate up.
0: <laughs> but you can be doing anything, yeah. That That is excellent. And and we'll put in a little comment here that uh, it is important to be considerate of your neighbors if you live in an apartment complex or with other people. So yes. uh, time inappropriately. If you want to do this at 3 in the morning, then just be ready for a knock on your door. Yes. And we take no responsibility if they come at you with anything. <laughs> Y- yes. Insert disclaimer here. Uh, a lawyer. Yes, we have. We, we consult a lawyer for a proper disclaimer, but it's not our <laughs> fault.
1: <laughs> so some people in the remote workspace are say digital nomads, as they're often called, is people who don't even have necessarily a same location. They're in. They're, they're moving around a lot. Um, is there anything that you recommend somebody like that who's doesn't have a regular space to stay and do their workout i mean or can they just do it this you think this is something that can be done anywhere yeah
2: so um there are two big pieces with traveling and again like all of our clients are busy working professionals so we focus on this a lot and i'm giving traveling a lot of thought specifically lately i mean there's two bigger there's two pieces there is the workouts i think the bigger piece for most people is nutrition because it's a lot harder to stay consistent with any kind of nutrition once your environment keeps changing but um with the workouts so again, same thing. Just setting aside, and I think in almost every single case, no matter what your schedule looks like, you can usually just set aside ten minutes doing a quick workout in the morning before you start your day. Um, but worst comes to worst, just making sure that you do it at some time and just keeping it to ten minutes. So a lot of times, what I've found is that even like when I have clients and they're you know already more advanced and they're doing forty-five minute workouts, and they say like, yeah, I can absolutely do this three times next week. I'm like, okay, cool, great, but. Worst comes to worst. Here's the 10 minute workout and just do this one in case. And a lot of times it will be that like you'll get two and they be like, yeah, I wasn't going to do the third, but then I had the 10 minute workout. So I did that. So that's number one is just planning realistically. Um, the second piece I'll recommend for the workouts is the only piece you really need for uh, for, for working at a home or working in general is resistance bands. Um, and so I actually just got, uh, really for our clients, but we're selling them now to like the general public, especially with the Paul method, a lot of people looking for it. Um, but the resistance bands that are, are you guys, are either of you familiar with resistance bands?
0: Yes. I'm going to, uh, simplify it to just say it's like a bungee cord. Yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. So like (laughs) the idea is like people think like, okay, to you, to, to have resistance, like to work out, I need to have heavy weights. But the interesting thing is resistance bands, you can create the same amount of tension so your muscles are working just as hard, but they don't weigh anything or they're really, really light. So they're really easy to like grab and put in your travel bag or just keep at home because they don't take up space also. Um, So I love using resistance bands when I work out at home and a lot of our clients have found that useful when they're traveling. So. You don't need like a whole complicated like when people ask me like okay um I want to like you know start making home gym like what do I need to get like how much space do I need how much how many thousands of dollars do I need to invest I'm like start with thirty dollars get a resistance band kit start with that um and then if you want to get more advanced from there you can but that's the most important and versatile piece to make make sure you can hit every muscle in your body.
1: Now, I've actually seen uh, something recently, some people posting online pictures. They've been taking this thing with them to hotels, straps onto the, to a doorway that uses a more complicated resistance band thing. Is that a reasonable or is it just a resistance band would be enough? In yeah, so
2: thinking? that's um, – the brand name is TRX, which was created – it was already a number of years ago now, maybe like five years. It was created by like a – I think like a SEAL, an ex-Navy SEAL. Um, and it it's, that's a completely different system. So resistance bands, you're using the tension of the bands. Like you were saying, they're basically, they're like rubber bands almost like they're bungee cords. And so the more you push, the more tension you have, the straps you put over the door are completely different. Those are, um, are suspended body weight training. So you basically, you put it over the door, it anchors them in, and then, uh, you're basically pulling up your own body weight. So to simplify like the, the simple, exercise you might be doing is rows where you're working your upper back so these things are like locked in over the door and you have the handles and then you're just leaning back and holding on to these handles to pull yourself up so you're using your own body weight versus any kind of tension in the bands so i use those a lot also with our clients um and and i like them a lot as well the only thing with those is that you got to be careful where you're using them when you're traveling because you got to make sure you have a sturdy door in house you know you don't want to ruin somebody else's or hotel's door or house <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep sure. that would that'd be awkward uh, yes leave the room and the door's just on its hinge Uh, or not on its hinge, I should (laughs) say. Like, yeah, that was, that was me. So anyway, um, so first part we've kind of talked about the mechanics of exercising. This next question is related more to the input and food and healthy habits. So one of the challenges when you work from home and you have a kitchen readily available, um, or a pantry, there's, it's tempting to go hit those Cheetos and eat unhealthily. What would you suggest in helping people to stop eating the junk?
2: All right. So this is a great question. And it's, I think again, the approach here, a lot of a lot of people take the complete wrong approach and it's not there. I was just writing about this the other day about how, what I was mentioning before, how the fitness industry is literally, it's geared towards your failure. Like gyms will sign up Two out of three members, they count on two out of three members never actually showing up. Like, that's the whole model because they sign two, they, they can't operate if all those people actually showed up. So a lot of, not just gyms, but the overall wow. industry is focused on creating these systems that won't actually work for you. So like, the general idea of like, I should be working really, really hard and then I'll see results is just wrong. That's the complete wrong way to go about it. So let's take that. That's a great example where you have the Cheetos there and the typical approach somebody would have is, all right, I got to muster up the willpower. I got to watch this Tony Robbins motivational video so that I can, you know, have – watch Arnold Schwarzenegger telling me not to eat the cookie so that I can have enough motivation to know, not go and eat the, the cheese doodles or whatever. Don't eat the cookie. <laughs> and it's a completely wrong approach. So, like, <laughs> what I tell people to do, especially busy working professionals, is the – Like If you look at the way you approach your fitness and you look at the way you approach a business project, you'd see how inefficient your approach is. But it's so hard to really look at it that way because there's so much emotion that goes into your own fitness. But if you look at what your long-term goal is, like let's say it's losing 10 pounds, you look at your method and you look at your resources and the resource here is going to be your willpower. So if you're allocating willpower to all these stupid mini battles throughout the day of every time you walk through the kitchen and see pretzels or cheese doodles or whatever – and you're trying to fight right then, that's just such a waste of your most valuable resource, which is your willpower. So what I have people do is change the environment. Look for the the key catalysts that make all those mini battles no longer relevant. Um, so the biggest thing for people usually with, with their general meals is meal prepping. So... The the main reason that like I was saying before, like usually the biggest trouble with fitness for busy working professionals is just having the time. It's not even the self discipline. So their struggle is all right. I, you know, I'm happy to eat healthy. I like cooking. I like eating healthy. I just don't have the time to spend an hour cooking every night. So if they meal prep every Sunday, they don't have to. Then they spend five minutes because the vegetables are chopped up, their chicken seasoned, and everything's ready to just go and throw in a pan, and then they're done. Um, but for the snacking specifically, you just want to not keep like if you know that cheese noodles, you know, are your kryptonite don't keep them in the house or don't keep them. If you're going to keep them in the house, definitely don't keep them sitting on your counter somewhere. that You're going to watch. You're going to see every time you walk through. So it's basically looking at it as a more uh, efficient and effective approach for how can I not have to have all these middle about mini battles throughout the day.
0: And I, I heard one thing that I heard it uh, somewhere along the way is drinking water helps too to stay hydrated and uh, can help with your metabolism. And then for eating carrots or, Instead of Cheetos, replace it with a carrot. Life will be better. (laughs) So here's an important piece that I definitely I'm glad I have the chance to to
2: to speak about. Um, There's so much just BS and pseudoscience out there. Drinking water is not going to make you lose weight. Like it's not like it directly. So if you want to lose weight, like all the only thing you have to focus on is your total calories. It's not your carbs. It's not your fat. It's not your protein. It's not uh, apple cider vinegar or any other scam the carbs and the fat and the protein, and all that will affect your total calories. But if you if you watch one metric, watch your total calories and you can eat McDonald's, you can eat pizza, you can eat anything. As long as your total calories are a certain amount, you will objectively lose weight because it's an energy balance. So drinking water is not going to like spike your metabolism and make you really lose uh, any significant, uh, any appreciable amount of weight. But when it comes to uh, water actually helping you lose weight, what it will do is if you are uh, if you're, if you're like dehydrated, especially if you're like chronically dehydrated, people often, um, the sensation of feeling thirsty will often kind of confuse the signals in their head and they'll feel hungry when really they're just thirsty. So drinking, uh, I always have clients like drink mm. a full glass of water before each meal because in general they'll just, it avoids overeating because it will cause them to slow down. It will make them feel a little bit more full. Um, and it will avoid them mistaking, uh, the thirst for hunger. Um, but yeah, in general, throughout the day, if you're just drinking more, that will have the same effect. So I, I definitely do recommend the piece of advice you just said, just for a different reason of, of, than metabolism.
0: Excellent. So just to summarize here, you're saying best way to combat junk food is to not buy it at the beginning. So mm-hmm. don't bring it home and then you won't eat it. And yes. to also be smart about meal prep ahead of time. And so just batch that all together rather than prepping meals five times a week. Just do it once Sunday night. Lay out the five meals for the week, and then that helps to free you up from not having to spend an hour a night cooking. Exactly.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, again, like if you look at like a business project, say, okay, what's the most efficient way I can spend my time? So, my golden rule of meal prep that I uh, tell the clients hmm. if you make one, make seven. So, that's with everything. So, and you can really break this down as far as you want to. So, on a bigger scale, like with my chicken, right? So, when I'm making chicken for the week, Instead of – if I'm if – I'm let's say it's Sunday night and I'm seasoning out chicken because I'm going to make chicken that night. If I'm making one, I'm going to make seven. I'm going to season out enough for seven days and then I'm going to portion it out into seven different portions, put it in a Ziploc bag, throw it in the freezer. And the day of, i could just take it out, defrost it, throw it in a pan, and I'm done. Um, and I, I'll, I'll – personally, I'll take it pretty far. Like I'll go like with my oatmeal in the morning. I will um, – so I don't even want to have to – mix cause I'm in such a rush – I don't want to have to measure out the oatmeal and measure out a half cup every day. So I'll measure them all out on Sunday and then have them in plastic Ziploc bags, literally ready to go. So I can just take hot water, pour it out. It's already measured out. And then my oatmeal's ready. So you can go as far as you want with it. But anytime you're doing any kind of prep for a meal, you just want to ask yourself, all right, I'm making one. Can I make seven? And then look at any kind of prep you're doing and just do it mm-hmm. for the week.
0: You know, that's, that's a great point. And I think I think my wife discovered that in practice with our our daughter and her clothes in laundry. It was this big dramatic thing for my daughter to get her clothes for school in the morning. And my wife ended up when she does laundry, she now takes all my daughter's clothes and pairs it up with pants and underwear and a shirt and socks and everything rolls it together and puts a hair scrunchie around it. And Ah. We have all of these rolls of my daughter's clothes. And so now my daughter, it's like, go get dressed. So she goes down and picks a roll of clothes and it has like eliminated. I drama. love that.
2: I love that so. because that's exactly the approach that I take to fitness is look for the where your struggles are and then look to make them no longer necessary. Like don't try to get better at fighting those battles. Try to avoid, like try to develop a system
0: so you no longer need to fight them that that is yeah. it, it was it's been a groundbreaking thing for us and i i it, i never thought to apply that to other situations so this is great that that's really awesome um so some of us
1: you know you say don't keep the snack items around the house and things like this but some of us feel the need maybe it's mixed signals as you kind of said or things like that but some of us feel the need to have some kind of snacks over the course of a long work day to have something handy to snack on throughout the day um, do you have any recommendations for something to fill that in, in place of, uh, the potato chips or the cheese doodles or whatever the cheetahs yes, or sure. whatever so, it might be?
2: Um, so there's two reasons usually that people will snack. It's either because they're hungry or because they just want to snack. So if it's hunger, then I definitely recommend, you know, look at your meals, make sure they are more filling. You have more whole grains in there or fiber or whatever you need. Um, so that you're eating enough, so you're not hungry. But if you just like snacking. Um, I mean, you want to look for something healthy. So a lot of the, what I found a lot of is that usually people have a general idea of what is healthy and what's not. It's just really how to make it practical. Um, and anything that sounds too good to be true is too good to be true. So like, don't have some kind of crazy gross snack because somebody said it's going to spike your metabolism, make you lose weight. But if you have like an apple instead of cheese doodles, like, yeah, that's going to be great. Um, what I like to do personally, and this is, you got to see if it works for you. I found really helpful myself is like, I love snacking and I love fidgeting. So I'll often, if I, if I feel like snacking, but I'm not hungry, I'll just chew a piece of gum. Now, the one thing to keep in mind is this has been great for some people. And for some people, they find that when they're chewing, it just ends up making them hungry. So you can try it out and see if it works for you. But just keep that in mind mm-hmm. so that you're aware that might, that might happen.
0: I definitely like that gum idea. That's, that's a good one. So what other advice would you give someone? So we've been talking a lot about habit forming and um really how that plays out at home. What other advice would you give for developing healthy habits? It it seems like we've been talking about basically consistency is the key across all of
2: it. Right. So, um, and the key to consistency is really establishing a routine. So you want to make it, so that your uh, your workouts are just as habitual as brushing your teeth. So that's why, again, like that's why I love having it as part of the morning routine when you're getting ready in the morning. Because then it's not something that like you're trying to fit in. The absolute worst approach, which I highly, highly recommend anybody listening, do not do this. Do not say, I'm going to work out three times a week. Don't say, I'm going to work out. Don't even say, I'm going to work out Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Say if you if you're serious about it and you really want to get it in, treat it. Treat your workouts like you would a meeting with your absolute most important client. Put it on your schedule so that nothing else can get scheduled. Then and don't just uh, just delete that when you have something else come up. Um, you got to really put it on your schedule and treat it the same way you would, you know, an important business meeting. And that's the only way to really get it in. What gets measured gets what gets measured gets managed.
0: So, one kind of uh, wrapping up question I have here is one of the the big trends uh, on the internet right now is standing desks. So sit stand, adjustable desks. What are your thoughts on those between being seated all day and switching back and forth?
2: Well I have a couple of thoughts. I mean personally I think that I, it would just would not work for me. Like I would not be able to focus at all with uh
0: on my work while I'm standing up. Have either of you tried it? I have. I am actually standing as we recorded. Wow this so podcast. it works for you. <laughs> It does, but I, I, I've tried it a couple different ways, but the, the desk that I have right now adjusts, and I, I hit a button and it goes from sit to stand. And the strategy I've been doing is just when I get, when I get antsy and fidgety sitting, I'll switch to standing. And then when I get tired of standing, I go back to sitting. And so I probably switch four or five times a day. Um, but for me, I, I, I've had, Uh, some lower back problems and such like that. And I'm a fairly tall guy at six foot five. Um, And so being able to stand has relieved my back pain.
2: Yeah. I've had a lot of clients that have had the same thing. Um, When I first heard of them, I was like, "Eh." I I, kind of, I thought of it like I thought of like those, uh, there's some other thing with like exercise balls, like people trying to like work on exercise balls. And it's just like, I mean, it's not really going to have that much of a benefit, but standing up, I mean, you will burn more calories throughout the day standing up. I think that's the wrong approach, though, if you're doing it just to lose fat. It's just the wrong – it's not going to have, have enough an effect that you'll it'll really make a difference. But all of my clients that have had back yeah. pain and have tried it for that have seen have seen results. So I definitely recommend it – giving it a shot if you have back pain when you're sitting.
1: Yeah, it definitely uh, works for me as well. I've, my current location that I am, it's uh, – we also have sit-stand desks. And uh, it's been a huge benefit to me
0: standing a lot of the day. Just better work. Really? That's interesting. One interesting benefit, too, is the fact that you can put it in standing mode and easily vacuum under your (laughs) desk (laughs) then. Yes, all those potato (laughs) chip crumbs. Exactly. (laughs) Got to get rid of the evidence. So, Donnie,
1: um, as we wrap things up here, I want to thank you again for coming on, and uh, I know you had a a giveaway you wanted to offer to our listeners, but before that, also, if you just want to take a minute and just talk Again, about yourself and your company and just how people can reach out to you either through any kind of social media, a website, whatever it is, for yourself personally or for the company. Sure,
2: yeah. Um, and this has been awesome, again, because this is really cool for me because I have sort of two sides. You know, I am the remote worker and I'm focused on fitness. So I'd love to connect with people. Um, I The best way to connect with me directly would be on Facebook um you can i use my personal facebook for everything i don't like separate myself so um you can search me on donnie singer d-a-n-i singer um and you can connect with us on uh, on our company page also fit to go at fit to go personal training um and in terms of just who i am just wrapping up again i right now fit to go personal training is located in baltimore maryland um and we focus on busy working professionals in baltimore but I mean, I have, a, I have a long-term mission with this, and my long-term mission is really just to change the the mainstream approach to fitness in the industry, which is just make, giving people terrible systems so that they'll feel terrible about themselves when they don't work, and then have, kind of blame themselves and be in a perpetual cycle of starting and stopping for their whole lives and continually spending money. Um, so right now, we're mainly focused on Baltimore, but I am starting to open up um, the remote coaching through our app and through Skype and stuff like that. Um, so uh, that's my mission to eventually keep expanding around around um, around the country. So I'd love to connect with people and chat more. I'm always happy to help, whether or not you're a client. Um, in terms of the giveaway, what I wanted to give for people is because we mentioned this already a couple of times with uh, with the Paul workouts. So I wanted to give people. Um, I can I can give the the video the from the Fox Fox 45 interview where I kind of went through and really explained the Paul method and demonstrated the exercise. Um, and then I want to give also the I have like three workouts I think that I want to give out for. Um, three pull workouts, which will basically – these three pull workouts, if you have these three, it will hit every muscle you need to in your body. Um, so if you were to just do these three workouts and nothing else, and again, it's 10 minutes a day, you'll be good to go. Um, so I want to give those out for people.
1: Very cool. Um, yeah, and, and you said that there specifically you have an app. Did you want to mention is that app available, iOS, Android, or – how do you, how Good do questions. you, get so again, that?
2: um, we're just sort of tr- transitioning to this. We just started the app this year, so we're, we're mainly using it for clients. But I have we're, we're kind of just testing out with the online training right now with the select few. Um, the app right now is only for existing clients. But what I also, I'm glad you brought it up. What I want to do is uh-huh. for people when they get the, um, when they get that link, when they download like the Paul method, um, I can set people up with like a free week on the app for them to try it out. Um, and if they find that's really helpful, then you know, we can talk about you something up for them month the, for a longer term thing.
0: Excellent. Very cool. So we'll have that link in the show notes. Awesome. Then. Wonderful. Thanks so much again for coming on and really enjoy the conversation. This next portion of the show is called what's the buzz. Ari, why don't you kick us off? Sure.
1: So, um, recently, um, I came across a new website called, uh, Hunter, with no E, dot C-O. So, H-U-N-T-R dot C-O. Um, it's a, it follows the system of a, a I, honestly, I don't remember how to pronounce this correctly, a Kanban board, similar to Trello or other places like that. But specifically for job hunting, I played around with setting some stuff up on there. Um, and it was a little lacking in a couple areas, honestly. But I immediately uh, contacted uh, the developers, and they got right back to me and were very prompt in telling me that they're working on the exact issues which I addressed, which was right now it's very uniform. it walks you through the step from finding the job, applying for the job, the different type parts of an interview of a traditional interview process to finally potentially getting hired um very clean you just once you have the item in there, you just kind of add notes and move the card over just like in any other thing like a Trello or something, but it's built for that. They're working on getting the columns more customized, which is the big thing that I was concerned about as especially with remote work, often the interview process is very different. You don't have these in-person interviews necessarily and things like that. Um, And I also addressed that they don't actually have a location for remote work in the location field um, for their searching, but they're looking to add those features. So it's looking like it's going to be a really great product that's about it.
0: Ah, cool. So mine is gel, J E L -L L.com. And it's basically a way to do daily standups. Um, so there's a number of approaches that people take, but this one's a little bit different in that it can be asynchronous. So if you have a team spread across multiple time zones, each person, when they get on at the beginning of the day, uh, can fill out their standup and it integrates with Slack. So you can do that right through Slack. Um, And then at the end of the day, you can show your progress on it and it kind of tracks it going forward. And once again, that's gel.com and something worth checking out. Definitely sounds awesome. Yeah, I've used it previously. I'm not currently using it. Um, But when we did use it on a previous project, it worked really great. So I recommend it. Thank you for listening to the Remote Works Podcast. This podcast is only half of the conversation. The other half is from you, our listeners. We appreciate your questions and feedback. Leave us a voicemail at remote.works voicemail, and we may incorporate it into a future episode. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or
1: others. Please take a moment and leave us a review when you subscribe. Be sure to include your real name and mention your website or social media link, and we may incorporate the review in a future episode. Show notes with links to resources along with a transcript of this episode is available at remote.works 13
0: for episode 13. You can recommend a guest or topic for the podcast or sponsor an episode by visiting us at remote.works. Finally, until next time, go be awesome. Thank you for listening. This is the Remote Works Podcast. This podcast is a production of and copyright cultivate now. All rights reserved.